Hey, Seller Woman fans, I'm your host, Mary Rectoris. And I'm your co-host, Mila Taylor. Stellar Woman shines a light on female leaders making their mark in tech. Today, we are really excited to welcome Kim Oliver, Sati Sony, and Joanne Fung from Control Risks. Kim, Sati, and Joanne come from different parts of the globe. So thank you all for joining us, no matter what time it is there, and for being super flexible. We're glad to have you all. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great. So, Joanne, why don't we start with you? What's your favorite part about working in eDiscovery? You know, my favorite part about working in eDiscovery, I think, is working with all the different types of clients that we come across in our projects. Um, in my experience, um, no clients are the same. And I think that all PMs can say the same thing about their clients. And really, because of the nature of e-discovery projects, um, they allow project managers to be flexible in our workflows. And we can actually use our experience and use the technologies available to us to customize workflows that best fit our clients' needs. So it's not, you know, a one-size-fits-all model that we use for our clients. So that makes kind of things more fun and more interesting. Um, You know, for instance, a client who is facing a litigation with the DOJ will have a very different workflow than, say, a client who is facing just a simple production to, you know, defense counsel of, you know, maybe two documents. So I think for me, you know, being able to have these different types of clients to work with makes things very interesting and keeps things kind of um, you know interesting for the clients and it's also a great way to build relationships with all these different people. Kim what's your favorite part about working in this field? For me it's the um, the technology it keeps changing it becomes more advanced it's, it's more cost effective I I go back to being a paralegal and having to do document review in paper format and post-it notes so for me I, I get quite a kick out of the technology there's a bit of adrenaline when you're almost like a magician to your clients. Um, it's, it's the awe when, when you save them time and effort. Um, it, it, it keeps impressing them. Love that analogy. Uh, Sadi, what about you? I've been in the industry for over 15 years and I've seen it at its infancy and how it's all evolved over the years. Like Kim said, the problem-solving aspect uh, appeals to me also. Each project is unique with its own set of complexities. And you have to constantly think outside of the box for solutions of how you can bring different types of technologies to, to, together to create an efficient and meaningful process. Um, I also like the nicheness of the industry and the tight-knit community that we have. But when you zoom out and look at it from a holistic perspective, uh, e-discovery is a real crucial part of the legal process. And I've worked on some high-profile matters in the past and felt immensely proud that I played a part in that. Joanne, you touched on before about how, you know, the world is becoming smaller and smaller. And we see more often um, offices that have, you know, companies that have offices all over the world. Can you talk a bit how the different offices that control risks work together throughout the globe? Yes, absolutely. Um, And I'd have to say that one of the things that Control Risks excels in um, compared with some other firms that I have worked with is their ability to be efficient and effective on cross-border matters. And I think this is really due to, you know, how well we work together to bring out a true follow the sun model. And um, there are a couple ways that I think we excel in this. Um, The first is, you know, how well the PM teams work together in terms of their excellent working relationships. Um, So because we have great working relationships with each other, naturally this kind of translates into the work product for our clients. 
And then another way that we work well, kind of the global support that's available for our teams anywhere around the globe. I mean, we've got, you know, relativity experts that are, you know, on the East Coast, we've got relativity expert who's also on APAC time in Australia and that kind of thing. And so really, we have, you know, great team members who do a great job, but we also have excellent support systems behind us. Um, to help us kind of provide the best support for our clients and the best work product. So Kim, and you're, you're in Johannesburg, correct? I am, yes. So what have you found are some challenges that you faced, whether at control risks or working at other global companies, when you have people working across time zones? And what's been successful for you when navigating those challenges? I think it's, it's a case of we still only have 24 hours in a day and deadlines move. As Joanne said, the, the chasing the sun ethos um, works quite well in control risks because there's always somebody that can pick up once you run out of daylight time. And we've got one of the best processing teams I've ever worked with. Um, they are extremely effective. They, they're like a well-oiled machine, um, which means that as a project manager, you actually have time to focus on the client facing problems or challenges and it's also more personalized because we get to spend more time with the client rather than trying to navigate our way through the data and then the collaboration and i like the the well-oiled machine idea because i have the confidence that if i go to sleep tonight um, someone else will pick it up and it will get done and it will get done to a standard that we're all striving to and, and used to it really makes a powerful team knowing that I can go to sleep or tend to my children or take a vacation and I have full confidence that my team, no matter where they are, we all kind of work to the same standard. And so can you kind of touch on the benefit of, you know, everyone being all over the place across different time zones, but Sadi, what do you do think is like the biggest benefit of having a global workforce? The benefits of having boots on the ground means that we understand local culture and the language nuances. We get intel on local country laws, especially when it comes to data privileges, which of course is very important. We worked on a, um, a matter where a global company that was headquartered in Germany but had an issue in China office had to ensure that we process the data in both countries and hosted in the respective local jurisdictions, abiding German local privacy laws and Chinese state secrets laws. Controris obviously has its core culture, but what have you kind of seen when working with your colleagues? What's consistent and where are some of the variances? And I think uh, Joanne, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, you know, I think in terms of the different locales um, and the different offices, I'd say that, you know, the camaraderie is consistent across all the offices. Everyone PM world at Control Risks, I feel like they work together and they understand that because of certain kind of client expectations uh, in different places, they know that, you know, we all know that we need to work together to provide them with the best support. And also we need to work together to make sure that everyone has an equal balance of the type of work. We see that as you know consistent across all the offices. In terms of differences, I think I see the most differences in terms of requirements of the litigation of our clients more than anything, not so much in the culture. In the U.S., I feel like U.S. litigation requires um, things like production documents, which we don't see as much in the different you know, global locations. We do projects with the APAC team or EMEA. They don't do as many productions. And so we work with them in a way that they can take care of kind of more the you know, work that does not solve the productions and leaving us time to be able to spend more time doing things like that. 
In South Africa, we're still in the early stages or the infancy of the use of e-discovery and e-discovery software. Um, in fact, our uniform rules don't incorporate e-discovery into the legal process, and it's something that they've been trying to get written in for the last five years. So I sometimes feel that we are at least 10, 15 years behind. The great thing about that is that even though I am trying to do the, the awareness creation, trying to to teach the benefits of having relativity, I have the experience of my colleagues behind me. So we're not trying to in South Africa to reinvent the wheel because it's already reinvented and it's fast enough. So I can sit back and rely on, on my colleagues already having the experience and us just getting on with it. Um, I did 12 years of e-discovery in London before I came back to South Africa and it is like stepping back in time. Do you see opportunity in that, Kim, in terms of educating your clients or the region in general, because you've had that expertise in London and you have colleagues that their regions are a little bit more mature? Definitely. Um, and I think also if COVID pandemic has taught us, taught us anything, it's to embrace technology. So there's, there's definitely a hunger technology uh, assisted review, um, active learning. I did a presentation this last week to a chambers of advocates and they loved it they loved what the technology can do for them so kind of switching gears from work what's a question i want to ask all of you is what's something that you're passionate about or excited about outside of work so i'm actually a big runner and um you know because i'm not in an office daily um people don't really know that about me i've done kind of a, a few marathons in my life and kind of the the one kind of um, biggest disappointment when it came to running marathons was I was two minutes off from qualifying for the Boston Marathon a few years ago. I mean, that like measly two minutes is still kind of haunting me to this day. <laughs> but oh my um, God. I know it doesn't stop me from running though. And so that's something I've always that's been good. passionate about. And I will be until my knees fail me. <laughs> Mila, aren't you training? It's a touchy subject. I was training for a triathlon and I was raising money oh. for the rural fire services in New South Wales and Australia where I'm from after the bushfires. And so I was training and then COVID hit and the gym that I had that I train at, cause I'm in Chicago. So I can't just like swim at the beach, it has a pool and bikes. And I was training in the gym and then COVID hit and everything shut down. And I was kind of like, well, should I still be training for this thing? Cause I don't even know if it's going to happen. And they just announced that it's not happening. So I'm trying to like figure out a way to maybe do my own triathlon because I raised a good amount of money and I did, a decent amount of training so I don't know TBD running is definitely not my passion so I'm jealous that you enjoy it because while I'm doing it I'm just like <laughs> the seconds for it to be over well at least for the triathlon you've got two other sports that you can look forward to <laughs> well actually you'll have done them I'm sorry running yeah I'll be at the very that. end like just trying to stay alive wait mm. running's at the end yes oh because ah, your legs are jelly at that point yeah, I feel like it should be the first thing. Uh, Kim, what's something you love doing outside of work? I'm a co-owner of a lodge in the middle of one of our biggest rivers. And for the last five years, we've tried to reduce the impact on the environment. Um, and the idea is to eventually get to a point where it's entirely eco-friendly. Um, it's not that easy because I'm based in Johannesburg and the lodge is in the middle of the bush about five hours away. So um, I don't get to spend as much time as I would like to. But in the last five years, we've managed to attract some of the hippos back. 
as well as um, the Cape Clawless Otter. And it's quite rewarding because they've left the area. Um, they're very seldomly seen. And it's, it's good to know that whatever we're doing has made them feel safe to come back. Um, it's probably my, my big scheme retirement plan. Um, I, I don't think I'm anywhere near giving up corporate world, but eventually it would be nice to just go and sit next to the river and do absolutely nothing. Wow, I have so many questions. <laughs> That's so cool. First of all, hippos, are they, they look super nice, but aren't they fairly dangerous? They are. They, they're one of the most dangerous animals and they probably do more damage than what sharks and snakes and all these things that we perceive to be dangerous. Because <laughs> their teeth are huge, right? They are, yes. And they, they're very temperamental as well and territorial. So generally the advice is leave them be and they'll leave you alone. Fantastic. Sati, what about you? Well, I can't beat hippos. <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I also can't be a, tri a triathlon. I'm not a runner either. What am I passionate about? But right now, since lockdown has happened, I'm passionate about literally everything. Just driving to the supermarket seems like a really exciting thing to do at the moment. When things were normal, I was really into nutrition, actually. I still am, um, but superfoods and looking at remedies, ailments, um, the gut is your is your center of your well-being and to look after that you're look, looking after everything um and you know people there's a lot on mental well-being as well and i just think the gutter of that so i'm really interested in how certain foods help with your moods what are some superfoods that people don't know about i feel like avocados are super trendy oh. right now yeah <laughs> everyone loves a good avocado toast but is there anything else that you're like this is a food that you should all be eating? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's from South America and Africa, actually. There's amaranth, um, which is a powder base that helps with detoxing. Pomegranate, I don't know if people know, improves memory. Uh, baobab, that's all comes from Africa. Uh, blue uh, blood sugars. Um, especially if you're feeling completely unwell, a black peppercorn is a good thing to um, put into your drinks to help absorb um, nutrients. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Those were very different, but all equally exciting passions. So thanks for sharing. So a big part of Stellar Woman is about inspiring and elevating up and coming leaders in the field. And you all are at different points in your career, but I'd love for you to know what's one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring female leader in e-discovery. And Joanne, we can start with you. The one piece of advice that I would give to aspiring female leaders in the field, um, given my experience, is that it's important to take the time to build relationships along the way. Um, and this isn't just relationships with people with whom, you know, you perceive to be important, um, but, you know, anyone to work, anyone you work with, you know, whether it's your colleagues, it's your, whether it's your admin assistant, whether it's your director, you know, your managing director, whoever it might be, whoever you might meet along the way, I think it's important to build great relationships because you never know, you know, what position you might find yourself in, um, whether you can help them or what or what position they might find themselves in and whether they can help you along the way too. And so I think it's important for us females to really build that network um, of relationships. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I know a lot of people don't like to go out and quote unquote network, but you know, the people, your colleagues are your network. Um, and so you can start there. The ladies out there, build your network and build all your contacts because you never know when they might come in handy in the future. That's a great point. Mila and I chatted with uh, Stephanie Clerkin of Corintillery earlier this year and kind of when the 
shelter in place really started. And she was talking about how you can network in these times, especially for people that are trying to build their network or interested in other opportunities. And there's just a lot out there in terms of virtual coffees or happy hours or lunches. So mm -hmm. there's a lot you can even do in the current climate and expand your network and probably even broaden it compared to avenues that we were pursuing before. Kim, what would you share to aspiring female leaders in the field? So a colleague recently told me that she hates the word mentor and she prefers sponsor. And it actually, just that, that sentence had such an impact on me because I realized that we don't promote each other enough. We often say that, that I'm available to mentor and I'm available to, to give you hints and tips on how I got to a certain point. But we don't support each other or, or sell each other's abilities. From my point of view, if your colleague, your female colleague excels, we should celebrate their achievement and we should help them climb the ladder by sponsoring and elevating them and by selling their abilities to clients, to our own networks, so that we're actually pushing each other up rather than just standing next to each other and patting each other on the back. Love that. And that's something you read about or hear about, like sponsor versus mentor that they're, yes. they're actually different definitions and both are valuable, but it kind of depends on what you're looking for in your career and out of that relationship. I would advise women to look around, look around the room and think if that person was to go into the boardroom, would they champion you? And just target those people and build those relationships. Um, you shouldn't be afraid of that. With that would come, uh, I would advise, and what's worked for me all these years is just to be but you can only be yourself. And someone once told me, um, no one can ever argue with how you feel. So you feel it in a way you should, you should communicate that. No one can argue with that. It's how you feel is personal to you. But it, it also means that you're being open and transparent and hopefully those sort of behaviors are reciprocated, you know, and that's, if, if you can promote that by starting it yourself, that you're on your way, I feel. Thank you all so much for joining Mila and me. It was great to catch up with all of you. Thank you so much for having us. And for Stella Roman, I'm Mary Rectoris. And I'm Mila Tila. Signing, Signing off. off. We got it there.